Technique. Hello and welcome back to the Dean and Renzo Show. It's it's a good time to come back. We're all stressed with work, and it's about crunch time. I feel like this is like a lot of essays do, and then yeah. you have the break before your finals. So hopefully everyone's all listeners are doing well, and our future listeners hopefully they did yeah. well. Yeah. Which all our listeners are definitely smart, hopefully. Maybe in the future we can give updates on how the essays we're doing right now actually went. Maybe not our hosts. Yeah. No, but our listeners are. Our listeners can call in. Soon, but. yeah. So, did you want to bring up the, the first topic about military spending increased? Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, we were just going to talk about how, you know, Biden promised to... Uh, Kind of end U.S. militarism abroad a little bit, I'd say. Well, maybe not as much as Trump, but um, he promised to be, you know, spend as aggressively as FDR, honestly, on social programs, yet the military budget was raised from the Trump era when we're fighting less war than ever, pretty nonsensically, I'd say. Yeah. Up to 750 from, I think, $745 billion. And I would say almost all that war is... Needless. Yeah. Like, uh, I don't see how U.S. involvement in most countries helps them out in any way. Mm-hmm. And it certainly hurts those countries and hurts our country. And it just benefits the interest of, of people funding these U.S. elections. So, And it's just weird to see Republicans criticizing like Biden for this stuff. And he's so anti-military. And yeah. The Democrats always raise the budget. And then Biden talked about infrastructure plans. And even Joe Manchin, who I often disagree with, won the higher infrastructure plan. And, you know, there's like a, lot of, a lot of problems with, I think, the infrastructure plan that it doesn't go far enough. And I think it also has, like, there's a wide epidemic of how, like, I'm new getting into city planning. Just, I don't know, watch a lot of YouTube videos on it and doing some reading and how, like, the system of how cities are set up in America and more cars in our cities are bankrupting America, and they're just, like, accruing a mass amount of debt. So there needs to be a widespread change, and that could have been done through a massive infrastructure bill. And it's a big one that does a lot of good, but it certainly does not go far enough. Yeah. Well, and frankly, there's no reason why people are critiquing the... It's like no one who's critiquing the infrastructure bill for being too expensive is critiquing the military budget yeah. at all. And it's like the Republicans, oh, this infrastructure bill is so expensive, we can't handle it. But yeah. uh, isn't it the same exact price as the decrease? Of yeah, taxes? Trump's tax decrease. So, I mean, like, it's obvious that if they, they actually needed the money, they could get it. But they won't for, for like, their uh, corporate interests. Well, yeah, it's the same thing with, um, there's, I know, like, the New York Times have been getting a lot of flack for, talking about how, like, Biden's tax hikes, but, like, if you rephrase it as, like, Biden just restoring Trump's tax cuts, they get, like, significantly more popular. Yeah, these, like, these woke democratic institutions are are very not, like, considered, like, left on the real left. Yeah. Because, like, they've helped, they've done a lot of propaganda for American foreign wars that I don't think gets talked about enough. And they don't actually support left positions. They all support, I guess, the Democrats generally. Mm-hmm. 
But even then, like, even Biden not going far enough will have those criticisms with him. Which is just, like, weird when I see criticisms of people who I don't like or like, and they're just unfounded. Yeah. Um, yeah, well, I guess, I guess, like, we can see how much impact this stuff actually has. Yeah, and also... And I know he's getting a lot of flag and stuff for putting, like, elder care in the infrastructure bill. Yeah, which is weird, because Republicans tend to do very well. With the elderly. Yeah. And I think most elder people support that much-needed support for elders. Yeah, and really they are the... They're also the key to kind of, like, winning any major office anywhere, honestly. Yeah, well, it's like that. <laughs> Some other demographics that are very important, you know? Yeah. Like, old people just vote in... Uh, at a higher rate, really, than any other... Uh, well, they have less things to do, and yeah, they normally was, have... Less busy. They normally have money, or... I remember back, like, in two years ago, when I was just kind of working in, like, the pilot, like, uh, uh, for an attorney general's race in my, in my state, but I was just kind of in, like, my town's politics in general. Like, pretty much everything was old people. And they'd have, like, organizations that were just in... The average age was probably, like, 70 or 80 on, like, the most like, the most powerful political organizations in the entire city. Is it just, like, very old people and very young people? Yeah. That's what I imagine it to be. And, like, I was I was watching something on the Hill, which I have a lot of different opinions on, like, the Sagar and Crystal Ball thing, where mm-hmm. it was, like, the, like, the most politically active people are, like, the very old people, like, Bernie Sanders' age, and then very young people. Well, yeah, because I feel like the... But even then, like, it's the, the young people are all off at college and will, like, go back, for, or in high school and will go back for the summers, you know? Yeah. But the real people, like, running the political machine are old. Like, they're old, or sometimes they're, like, millennials, right? Like, they're kind of yeah. new. Um, but even then, I, I guess those are, like, young people, right? But, like, the, the most powerful, like, influential voting block, like, I swear, like, candidates will spend, like, half their time in, like, homes, just... Because it's so uh, impactful. Yeah, I mean, like the like, like the satirized in Parks and Rec, yeah. where like the most important thing for city council elections was was about like it was like a ramp mm-hmm. in the old people's home versus the Bobby Newport. Yeah, just had the fancy elevator, which in a lot of cases was actually worse for them, but it looked better and was more expensive. So it just shows, uh, like even an old cartoon, an old not old, cartoon, uh, old, old show, an old show has. Love some good Parks on Rack reference. Yeah. Bobby Newport. It's very like the Elizabeth Warren, who I'd much rather our president. Like her, Biden. Her takes. Well, I'd say like if um, Bobby Newport was anybody, he'd probably be like Madison Cawthorn. N- nah. Or, or someone like, uh, uh, I don't know, Josh Hawley or like Don. But like, Easy, but Bobby Newport wouldn't care about that. Like he, like I don't think he's a racist. And he was all the bad stuff was happening. Yeah, I guess that's true. Because his dad was saying it, and he just seemed like a dumb rich kid, just cared about partying in his lake house. Yeah. So like, I don't know. Like I don't see him as I think. Maybe like a. Like, I don't know. I don't think there is a fair comparison because, all the real Republicans oftentimes seem more devious, and they are. Yeah. So it's like you can't. I don't think there is a direct comparison to most people. Who's, are, are there any characters in that show that are like really are evil? I guess the dad is almost like Rupert Murdoch, or just like someone like Bob, the Newport. 
the Koch brothers. Yeah, I would say like the his Bobby Newport's dad is he also like removing the job if they mm-hmm. if you don't vote for my son, and then Jam, but like he's evil because he is like no friends or whatever, and like the businesses and they are, tend to be evil, and then some Eagletonians. But it's like when these people are evil, I don't think it's just like they're incentivized to be evil. Like I don't think. Yeah. So it's like if you give people the right incentive, I think they'll do the right thing. Yeah, I agree with that. Well, it's like the good place moniker, and like all these sure shows have some politics that I disagree with. What's the good place moniker? Well, it's like if people have the opportunity to do the good thing, they will. Mm-hmm. And if you give them enough time, they'll learn. It's just right now. We don't have enough time when the earth is for us to learn. Yeah, I mean, well, yeah, I always find that interesting because it's like, uh, I think the psychology behind people who like do or like work for like really horrible, you know, do really horrible things like work for really like horrible companies is interesting. And like how like people can like justify things like that, right? Yeah, and it's like, but someone else will do it. Yeah, and it's like it's like the cops who left. I thought I talked about a lot. The cops who left after the George Floyd thing. It's like yeah, those cops were probably the best cops, mm-hmm. and they left. And now the only people applying to cops are now worse. But it's like the system needs to be changed completely. Yeah, and it's like that system cannot be reformed. So like in the short term, that's a bad thing. But hopefully in the long term, it'll be completely changed. Yeah, it can be turned around. Like, from change, changing within is very hard, I and mean, it's not likely to happen. I think you could have mean, big reforms, but it's like, there also needs to be wide, willing to change completely. Yeah. I mean, like, the Leninist Marxist history critique is revolution, but I'm not, I don't go that far, and I don't think that people LARPing as, though, these, these Marxist Leninists. Like, I yeah. don't think they're the ones prepared to be in a revolution. I think that goes way too far, and I don't think it's safe for anyone. And the people getting impacted the most are marginalized communities. So yeah. It's like, they obviously don't actually care. Well, I think you really need, like, to achieve, you know, the things that actually need to happen, which I would say, you know, like, things like climate justice, racial justice, whatever it is, right? Achieve some sort of repair to the economic state of the country, right? The inequalities. I think you need some sort of, like, popular movement. I don't know if, like... You know, like, a violent revolution on, like, a working-class violent revolution isn't going to happen anytime soon. But I think, like, you could build a peaceful movement that can overwhelm electoral politics, if that makes sense, right? And, like, outside of electoral politics, you need to work on building a movement that can exert influence besides, like, voting, right? Well, I think there has to be, like, done. Like, malt, like every, I think, on the left, you need to try to get into all these spaces mm-hmm. and push in different ways. And you need to, like, you can't put all your eggs in one basket and try different things. Yeah. Like, not every leftist can be and should be, I would say most shouldn't be, like, podcasts or radio show. Because, like, they're not really adding... Yeah, like, like most are not adding, and then they have to compete with the Dean and Renzo show, which really should be is adding one. something. Yeah, uh, so it's just like you. Ha- I think there's not like one mode to do it, and if you say there is, like this is the only way, I think you're very biased, and then you think too highly of yourselves. Yeah, I mean it's it's the same way with like, 
you know, there's some people, like, I think AOC, for example, right? I think she deserves a lot of critique. And I, I like AOC, right? I'm going to put that forward. But I also think, like, there she gets a lot of flack from leftists for, like, not using the exact political strategy, like, they want her to use. And, like, she will literally get, like, torn apart by, like, you know... Again, random people on Twitter who admittedly are, like, a tiny part of the electorate. Yeah. I mean, and probably don't live in her district. But, like, she'll get so much flack from people on the internet over, like, differences in strategy choice. Uh, uh, which is, like, kind of ridiculous in the end. Like, it, you really are working towards the same goal. Yeah. And, like, there are people I like who engage in that a ton. Like, like, Brianna Joy Gray, for example. You know her? I mean, she, I think she's great, but like sometimes she'll just like absolutely like shit on AOC. It's like you're literally shitting on her over like a difference in strategy. Like let it be. Well, I think you can critique her, and like yeah, I, I, she it. deserves critique. Like I see like more how, like Sam Cedar or like yeah, Kyle and and Crystal Ball critique her. I think those are more, and like the rest of the the majority report crew critique her as they do is more fair. Mm-hmm. And I think you should critique her, but like you can never. And they recognize, you can never critique her as in, like, oh, she's so bad, when she's, like, the best that there is, one of the yeah. best there is. I mean, not, like, passing policy-wise, but moving people left. So it's, like, if you just demonize her and, like, and you want the perfect candidate, there never will be. Because to be a candidate, you have to be somewhat corrupt. And you have to work within these systems, which we don't know all about, and we could say when another she's obviously doing the wrong position. But a lot of times, you don't know. And it's, like... You have to keep on voting more progressive and leftist candidates in, and then you'll get more stuff done. And critiquing one of the highest profiles ones, just giving free attacks from the right. Yeah. There's there's no way to win, and you're not actually helping people in any way. Yeah, yeah, I I completely agree. And I think, like, it's also... um, it also comes down to, like, a feeling of entitlement, I think, from people who, uh, uh, like, like, or actually, let me make that more clear. Like, I think it was definitely worthy when she got critiqued, for example, for her comments on, um, uh, uh, the occupation of Palestine, right? Yeah. Where she was basically, like, deflecting, saying anything bad about Israel, because, like, you know, she, I, I assume she didn't really want to get, like, Ilhan omar right? Where, like, Ilhan Omar will speak all about Palestine, and then, like, Fox News will run, like, Ten segments about how she's an anti-Semite, cool, yeah. which like I, I understand to accept. Like also, like take a stand. Like what are you doing? Yeah, um, I think th- that is dumb. But it's like I do recognize that in American politics, and especially in New York politics, it's mm-hmm. very hard to be critical of Israel. Yeah, and and get elected. So it's like there's like a weird thing where it's like, I think she should take a stand, and I think she's making the wrong call, mm-hmm. which is what we say. But like you have to understand it why she's doing it. Yeah, and the position she's in. She's elected to represent her district, not yeah. be like a forebearer of, you know. So it's like it's like these people like, like criticizing. I don't know, like, like, like people like defending China and they're yeah. defending genocide. People like critiquing it so much. It's like, well, it's like uh, we, I, we could we're like American citizens and we could directly impact Americans, and there's like. And there's, like, very evil stuff happening here. And if we spend all our time critiquing other countries, I think that actually lets it go. Yeah, like, like, let's go what happened, what is happening at home, right? Like how Native American people are mistreated and arguably still on, like, genocidal stuff in, like, America and Canada, where we have a more of impact to. 
and how minority and poor communities are treated horribly. So it's like, we have more impact on that, but we're talking about other countries, which I think is a bit, a bit rich. Well, what I think is always interesting is, uh, that just reminds me of kind of like a debate going on in sports, right? So like in, like the big ones I know are obviously football and Formula One, where obviously FIFA's been given a lot of criticism for holding uh, the, uh, the World Cup in uh, Qatar in 2022. And it's like, Everyone's like, oh, like, you know, Qatar's doing all these human rights abuses. It's horrible, which obviously it is, right? But basing off that, like, degree of, uh, like, logic, right? You could could theoretically refuse to hold tournaments in the United States, you know. Every country. Virtually every country. Maybe, like, you could have, like, in Cuba, right? Yeah. (laughs) I don't think Cuba has infrastructure. No, I, I don't think they'd be able to host a World Cup. Um... But the second you start, like, pick... Not that I'm saying it's a bad thing that we're aware of, like, human rights abuses, right? But I'm saying, like, uh, uh, people like to ignore what's going on at home in favor of concentrating on things that are happening elsewhere. Western countries do have passes to... Yeah. And, like, committing and moving their... A lot of their bad stuff to, like, the global south. Yeah, they 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 export their misery rather than keep it at home. Which they still misery back home, but it's like the... Like, the sweatshops and other stuff are moved away. So it's like, I don't think the... The Qatari World Cup should happen. Yeah, I I agree with that. Like, it was built on slave labor, which, even if, like, a World Cup in America, which is doing plenty of bad stuff, will not be happening by... But I think it's just like... Oh, this country is so bad, but then like it, like my country is probably doing worse for the world, mm-hmm. and gets the World Cup. So it's like, I think it's very interesting and I don't know, weird uh, conversation. Yeah, even worse in um, F one this year they announced they're holding a race in Saudi Arabia, <laughs> which has drawn a lot of controversy, especially over like the Jamal Khashoggi thing, and like yet people have just somehow. Ignored that in pursuit of, like, capital, I guess. Yeah, yeah well, F1 is a very, uh, interesting... Yeah. Sport ...that everyone's getting into because of the Netflix document. Like, the Netflix documentary is... What's it called? It's not Drive to Survive, is that... Drive, it's called Drive to Survive, yeah. Everyone's saying it's so good. And I, I mean, I would watch... I, I love it. Like, I originally got into F1 because of Drive to Survive after season one. And I'd, I'd only watched, I'd been watching like a few races before. Shout out to um, Santiago Silvani, who Renzo's actually met. Um, but he was, he got me into it. And then, I, and then the show came out and I got really into it. But, so, you know, I do still give them, you know, I guess my money, my time. Though it's pretty uh, abhorrent at times some of the, the things that they try to pull and like gloss over in that show well aren't they having uh they're introducing a salary cap yeah I think a good well it actually make the racing good yeah and I think it's well I'm, I'm always big on not a salary cap for football but a luxury tax mm-hmm. but it's way harder to institute it's like well only people criticize MLS for not having promotion relegation it's one of the most fair leagues yeah, and there's a lot more parity, and I think hopefully it'll be stronger than League MX soon. Yeah, 
Well, and I think an issue with MLS is because there's so much parity, it's, it's hard for us to win things like the CONCACAF Champions League, right? Yeah. Because, like, because like in Mexico, I feel like, you know, Tigres, uh, uh, like Tigres, Club America, uh, what's it called, like Club Azul? Yeah. Uh, like, they always win. They always win. Well, and then it's like, well, that's because they have the most money and they don't have... They have way less parity in the Mexican League. I think they should have maybe a few more... Cruz as well. Cruz as well. Just... Uh, designated players, bots. Yeah. But I think the parity in the MLS, and I think that... I don't think that should be like taken away by going after the CONCACAF Champions League so much. I think if they build the league better and better, and there's better competition, I feel like that will make it a more unique... League and hopefully yeah. they'll get more investors. Yeah, I agree. So, yeah, yeah. So I think uh, we just had a special guest from a birthday boy and his lady friend. Uh, I think like the parity league will make it like way more better, way more different, because you see all these European leagues and all the other leagues have some of the few the same victors every year. Yeah, and they're going like. The stupid model they want to make, like, the Champions League bigger and bigger, so it's, like, just the top clubs playing the top clubs. I think that might get stale when if you have, like, a new a new crop of challengers every year, that's way more interesting. Did you see the new Champions League format that they're going to institute in, I think, so like, the 2026? Swiss model? The Swiss model. Was that uh, the TIFO football? What's that video? Yeah. And I think yeah. it's, like, I don't think that, I think, I don't think that's the way to go. I, I don't think, think it'll be good for football. I think prom- promotion relegation has a lot of its things. But yeah. I get why I get why the MLS doesn't do it. Because they have more of a, as Murray Sanders always talk about, it's rugged capitalism for the poor and corporate socialism for the rich. And, I, and then that helps out these clubs in the MLS and hurts the clubs off it. But I think that, that model is probably better for sport than you see all these clubs in England and other countries where their leagues are not sustainable. Yeah, and it's like, it's it's hard to describe how losing a club affects these towns. And you hear stories about a lot of these communities are built around these towns, and there's such a important life for them, and their town, because of bad financial mismanagement, leaves. And I said I just couldn't imagine that coming from New York City, mm-hmm. or like teams I've left in the past, but that was a while ago, and it's like there's always been teams there where I could root for. So, well, yeah, I that's what I think is good about. Americans, right? Because, like, the Yankees, take the Yankees, for example, right? Like, it would be ridiculous if, like, because the Yankees have had a bad few years, they would be kicked out of Major League Baseball. Well, it's right? also, yeah. And, like, they would have been in, like, 20, like, 20, what, like, 13, 14? They were just bad. Yeah, well, I mean, I don't think they were ever, like, the... They were, sure the they were never one of the worst. They were never, like, the Mets. The worst anything. three teams, so they would not have got relegated, but... I also think based on a different model, and I think, like, I want there's more, like, more regional leagues yeah. for lower league soccer slash football in America to have every, I want soccer to be a way bigger sport, and everyone have a, t- a local team they could support. Well, see, I've always been behind a two-tiered MLS system, where because there's, because there's about, they're, they're getting close to 30 teams, right? You do a top league of 15, bottom league of 15. And then you can't, you, you're, like, you can't get any bigger than those two. Right? So you can't drop out of the second division. But I think, like, it would be exciting if 
there was relegation. You could get relegated from the first division and second division, and then there was like a second division playoffs to see who gets into the first. Yeah. People would watch that. I think it was. And fun. then your teams, your your guaranteed TV money, no matter what. I think it had yeah, it'd be very hard to do because the parity league one and all the investors bought yeah. into the safe MLS system. And then what I would want out of those two leagues to have like very like regional leagues, like mm-hmm. a, a New England league, yeah, like an Atlantic league, like a Texas league, a Midwest league, where these are smaller clubs, like your local clubs, and hopefully they get bigger, where they don't have to travel very far, so the operation cost is lower. And you could build a lot bigger. And I don't think they have like massive stadiums, like these are smaller towns. No, but you'll just have more. It'll be like a more, uh, uh, like if you look here, right? Like for example, um, I don't even know. Like Dundee, right, is about yeah. the size of the the city I'm from back in America, and, they have and it's like teams. they have two massive football teams, which like to be fair, you know, it's the the. It's a it's a lot bigger here than it is at home, right? But like, yeah. there's no reason why my city or even like Bridgeport or like New Haven or something like that couldn't support a regional football team. Like I would go to the matches. Yeah, like I would love like it. A, I, would, I, would, I would honestly love it. Like if there was like a 5,000 yeah. like stadium, like I think in a lot of yeah. these cities that like all these cities are like losing a lot of debt and have a lot of, a lot of people moving out. Like these are like stuff where people get into. They're mm-hmm. local sports teams. A lot of people overlook sports, especially the one right there. Don't see its uses. I think like it brings a lot of people together, and it gives a lot of people unity over something. I agree. I so I was having this conversation once with um, Josie, and it was the night Manchester United got kicked out of the got lost to Leipzig and exited their Champions League group. I went over Josie's house in just like an absolutely horrible mood, and she was like, "Dean, like I don't understand why like sports like." Like, like, she's like, there's no, like, nobody, like, lets sports affect, affects their mood this much. And I'm like, I don't think you've met anyone who actually <laughs> yeah. likes sports. And she was like, you know, like, these are, like, British teams. And it's like, I don't know any British people who care as, like, a much, as much as you do. And I was like, what? Like, what are you talking about? Like, um, I think, like, sports is great because you get, like, invested in it. If you can get people invested in, like, a local club, like, people will get behind it. Yeah, I think, know? like, I see a lot of leftists. And a bunch of theater kids yeah. hating on sports teams, and then they watch like reality TV, which is in many ways the same thing, where you get invested in these storylines, yeah, and these narratives in sports, which makes it so great. Like these local rivalries, that I think those are the most interesting, and it's just like I think sports is like a lot, you've a lot of differences with people, and then sports can bring you together and have something to argue about, and then hopefully the next day you're not stabbing each other, but mm-hmm. like you can just get along with again. Well, I think it's interesting what to talk about, like, what sports would look like under socialism, right? Like, under, like, a true, like, uh, worker, like, controlled system. Because I think you could do it um, right and do it well and keep the passion and stuff. But, like, right now sports is very much, like, modern football is very much, like, its own, like, hyper-capitalistic, no-rules economy, right? Like, you can just um, buy a tiny team and take them to the top in, in, in no time. Well, I mean, like, there's financial fair play. Yeah, yeah. Like, which even then, like, which City, Manchester City, for example, are so much richer than FIFA that FIFA dropped the their financial fair play allegations against City because they, they like, 
legit didn't want to deal yeah. with like the legal finagling of it. You see, but then that it, it led to like a capitalist monopoly where the ultra rich and mm-hmm. a man city like thing could happen, could happen in the past, but now can anymore, because like like the yeah, like someone bought Sulphur City with a yeah. lot of money backing and they put it far, but they can't go as far as like a man city the other teams because there's stuff in play by people in power with already all, all the capital. Yeah. Where they're stopping it, and that just shows the way of capitalism. Where once they get there, they try to set up their monopolies. So I think it, that's another thing where it's like the dream of getting run so far is no longer an option. And yeah. Becoming like a small club to a massive club is taking a lot of time, and you're going to just buy a small club. Well, yeah. Remember the whole thing was it last summer or two summers ago when Newcastle were trying to get bought by um the Saudis. was it some yeah the Saudis and. Like, everyone was freaking out, being like, Newcastle's going to sign Mbappe, like, it'll be the craziest thing. But they couldn't do it because of the, the new regs, which is, you know, probably a good thing. Though, bad bad thing for new the Newcastleians out there. Well, it's like, like, and then, like, I saw a lot of arguments with Newcastle fans, where it's like, if all these bad CEOs and, yeah. like, these teams controlled by, like, the Qataris and the oil tycoons and other bad, massive, rich people... Like, why did they get to own a massive team? But yeah. our, our team, which is from, like, a northern town, which already has, like, a lot of stuff going against it in England, why aren't they not allowed the same privileges as the other places? Yeah. So it's just, like, it's, it's like, by that logic, I think they should have been able to be bought. Because, well, like, why does, like, all these London teams get to be bought by these, like, Russian billionaires? Russian billionaires, but then the second it's Newcastle, it's, like, not. So, yeah, I do get that sentiment. Well, honestly, I think the best way to do it, and I think they should mandate this in the UK and the U- in the US and elsewhere, though it'll probably not happen, is what they do in Germany with the fifty plus one rule. <laughs> yeah, uh, but like, there's a lot of problems with the German thing, because Bun- yeah, like, yeah. Bayern wins every year. Well, yeah, but like and Bayern Leipzig. wins every year, but like even then, like Bayern is mostly supporter owned. Yeah. Leip- Leipzig is the only one who's like truly cheated the system, but you can prevent. You can prevent Leipzig's from happening if you if you write the rules right. But, I mean, like, you have massive clubs like Dortmund and Bayern who, you know, have competed for Champions Leagues, Bayern are the reigning champions, who are, in the end, majority supporter. And I, I think that's kind of the future of sports if you want to make it more, um, you know, worker-friendly. They have lower ticket prices. It's... Uh, uh, they have much more committed fan bases. Well, Atlanta you know. did, right? They had, yeah. I mean, they had lower ticket prices, and they, and they lowered food in the stadium. That's why they had a lot of massive fans. Also, they had good football. Yeah, or soccer. really good, yeah. Well, their, their American football went down, but their soccer, but their soccer football has done well. And like the, like the, I think it's more accessible for people, and mm-hmm. that's what you want. Like, I always argued, like, for day games, you should like, give tickets away. Yeah. Because first of all, you make a lot more money when people are already there spending money on food. And it looks way better on television when you have and a it packed seems like, yeah, it seems like there's more it's energy like, behind your team. Give it, give it to school kids. Like, yeah. like you get to watch this game. Like, all these schools in the Bronx, Queens, and Brooklyn, and Manhattan, if you just give them a bunch of tickets, you're making lifelong fans. Yeah, there's nothing more, like, sad when you go to a... You know, I, the only reason I bring this up is because I think we both kind of grew up going to Yankees games, where it's like... There's nothing worse than going to like a Yankees game on like a Tuesday, right? And the stadium is just empty, and like the entire top deck is just like 
you know, emptied out. Well, I do get why it's empty, because a lot of people have school work. Well, yeah, 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 but, like, you know, it's not the energy you, you want to see in a... Or even worse, like, you ever watch, like, athletics highlights, or like Oakland A's highlights, and, or like, Tampa Bay Rays highlights. Sports. Like, you see Mike Trout, best player in generation. Yeah. He, he was on a good team. He'd be the greatest of all time, which I argue all the time. And there's, like, no one watching. And it's like, these yeah. amazing athletes should be watched. And I think, like, why not... Like, why not allow people to go there for a very limited... For cheap. Thing? And it's, like, just so expensive. It's extortionate, really. Like, relative to here. Like, if I was if I was the mayor of New York City, I would, I'd be, like, make deals with the Yankees and yeah. Mets. And be like, if we allow all these kids to get in for free, or even, like, anyone on these days where you're not going to sell much tickets, and then, like, talk to the school districts, give a little less homework for that night, a lot of people would go to the games, and it would yeah. look a lot better for your city. And then you're making lifelong fans. And you're still making money off concessions. It doesn't cost more... Beyond a certain point to like put people because in the stadium, you, you, you know? would certainly make more money off the concessions. Yeah. Than you would like off the, the, the few tickets you don't sell as much. And I think like, you don't have to get them the like, the best seats. Like even no, you just put you put them in the nosebleeds. But like I would love if someone gave me a ticket for free, I'd go to any game anywhere, even if it's in the nosebleeds. Yeah, like I I enjoyed like it's certainly hectic and fun going yeah. to Yankee Stadium, taking the train all the way up there. With some weird fans. Yeah, you know, you're on the you're on the uh, train from like Harlem 125th, and it's just like everyone's packed in there. The game I really want to go do is Rangers Islanders on the Island Railroad. My dad is the weirdest. The drunk, all the drunk fans. Yeah, that that seems like the most fun way to get to the. I've been to a Rangers. Um... Oh, actually, no, never mind. I don't know what I was. Yeah, I'd love to go to like a Rangers game in Long Island. I think that'd be. Yeah, I think, like, um, like, if you just get more people there, and it's, like, just more people to unify, you know? Yeah. So, like, how there's, like, less differences between everyone, really, than a few certain people on top. And I think people argue that sports is very capitalistic, but it brings a lot of people together. And mm-hmm. that's the most important thing. And I just got mad at this kid. He was a nice guy. I, was like, I, wouldn't, I would never go see one for sports game. Like a school sports game, and it was like yeah. rugging on and about like school spirit, which a lot of times I find very annoying. But it's like I go see your plays. Yeah, it's like I, I, like I support my friends. No, it's like why not come to support them in the basketball game? Yeah, like there was some there were some sports where I didn't want to go to because I didn't like them enough, but I still went. Well, yeah, I mean, like there, were, I still went. Like I definitely went. I saw most sports done. Like I didn't really like watching. Uh, Volleyball, so I almost never went to those games. I liked I liked watching volleyball. I did not like watching girls lacrosse. Girls basketball was my favorite to watch. Why was girls basketball specifically your favorite? Because our team was good. Yeah. And that, you know, there's some bad coaching decisions, but maybe he had a reason to do it. And it just seemed like the most interesting. And there was a lot of more competitive balance. Then... Than most basketball. male sports, yeah. yeah. Where it's like, you either win or, or get crushed. destroyed, yeah. So it's like... See, we had a good volleyball team is maybe the reason. Otherwise, I feel like I wouldn't be the best. Our, our girls' volleyball team was good, but like... Volleyball also had like a weird amount of boys there, just like at people's butts. Yeah, that's true. And that was another angle of it, true. and I didn't even... I didn't like this sport that much. I do like beach volleyball, because a lot more diving. Yeah. But like, I don't know. Um, I would say my favorite high school sport that I went to in, was hockey. Yeah, I never 
never had a sway team, but I bet that would have been massively fun. But that was also, like, that wasn't fun because, like, like you can barely even see the people on the ice, right? Yeah. But it's fun because you're in the crowd banging on the glass, like, yeah, and then just you... screaming and yelling, like, and versus, like, our football games, like, our, our football team was, like, decent, but, like, the problem with it was, is, like, my school wasn't big enough for it to have, like, a high school football atmosphere. So, like, even if my whole grade went to a big game, like, it was kind of dead. And then you're yeah. sitting there, like, I'm like, all right, I'm just watching, like, like, I had one high school football team, like, blow out the other, like, 58-0, and, like, I could go home and watch, like, Michigan instead, and, like, yeah. Um, it's weird when you had friends on other teams. Which, yeah. Which, I'm, I, you know, most of my friends were at my school, but it was always weird, like, who do I root for? Yeah, versus, like... And it was, like, in some sports, like, in track, cross-country, I would root for my friends at other schools, but usually, like, in basketball, I would still root against them, because it was more of a team sport. And it was like, we had playing against people you knew, and then your friends were, and then like, someone on the other team was like, trying to argue with you and get in a fight, and then he was like, my friend was on the bench just laughing. Weirdest is when you play against, like, someone that you know or are friends with, I yeah. found. Like, you ever, like, I always get way too, like, I was, when I'm like, playing a sport, like, there's no, there's no friends on the pitch, <laughs> there's no you know, friends. like, especially in like, soccer, right, because that was my main thing, it was like, when I'm on the pitch, like, there's, I, I'm not like... I don't want to joke around with you, you know, I'm yeah. just, like, playing my game, like, but then after the game, you know, you, like, have to be all, like, friendly with them, you know, takes yeah. takes a few days well, to wear off, I think. I still went, my heart tackles in, yeah. in football, slash soccer, which wasn't the best at, but I had fun playing, you know? but, like, the sport where I played against most people I knew, yeah. and was friends with, was basketball, and, like, I was on the team, and I was good enough to get some minutes, but I wasn't, like, that good where I was, like, ultra-competitive. Like, when I was on the court, I would hustle and die. Yeah. But then, like, people always, like, try to, like... Always, like, try to, like, pick up... Not, like, a real fight, but, like, argue all the time. Mm-hmm. And I just, like, didn't care enough to argue. And it was, like... I don't know. And my... You know, I like speak to my friends, and I would go hard on next to them, but... I don't know. But I'm, I miss playing basketball. Basketball's fun, especially, because, like, it's a lot... A lot of times, it is, like... You, like, you get into, like, a mind game with the guy guarding yeah. you, especially if you, like, know the person guarding you. It's, like, yeah. fun. Um, and then, like, you know, you hit a big three in your face, so, like, make, make, if you make an and one and then scream, like, and one afterwards. I, like, I oh. always scream and one, yeah. Yeah. But, like, in basketball, like, I normally had my offensive prowess was mainly left to practice. Yeah, mine I, too. Mine too, to be honest. I wasn't always, like, trusted to, uh, to score well in games. But in practice, I was always one of the highest scorers. Really? Because, like, when the teams were not as good... Okay, you could... I could always score, like, it, when, like, our team was spread out between, like, our... It wouldn't be, like, A and B, but it'd be, like, half of the first team, half of the second team. Yeah, versus... Like, mixed. Like, that's when I always, like, score a lot more, because the weaker competition. I said, like, I always liked that more, because I was one of the highest scorers, because, like, I could get by, like, our, uh... Like, our yeah. worst defenders, but... See, I was always best in... I scored a ton in rec league, but when I would play in school basketball, I was never... I, was, I, was, I, I think I had, like, one three in my entire, like, middle-slash-early-high-school basketball career. Yeah, I... And, like, I remember it. And I it was, like... So I shot it, and it bounced off, like, the piece in between the backboard and the rim, went, like, five feet up over the rim, and then bounced back in. And I, like, shot... I just, like pretty much chucked it up. It was just like, I had yeah. no license to shoot at all. Yeah, I mean, 
I've approached like I think I got over ten points once, but I was normally at like four yeah. points a game, and I would just be like the defensive guy. I put up like yeah, I think I did. I think I did like four to six a game. I'd they take me off. I rode the bench really. Yeah, I was. So like every second year, I would be play majority of it. Okay. But like eighth grade, I think was one of the funniest years where I would play almost all the minutes until the fourth quarter. The last two minutes, I would always get subbed out because <laughs> my coach would not trust not me trust making you. free throws. Yeah. And, you know, I, it was probably the right decision, but I don't know. A lot of people on my team were, like, rude about me shooting in games, so I didn't always do it. But then, like, my senior year, I started scoring a lot of points. Well, what did like, you play? Well, I went to a very uh, small school, so I'd be playing a lot of the four, like okay. power forward. Where I'd be guarding someone like, like six inches taller than me. But I think I did normally well because I was always more scrappy, and I would be no problem like pushing them around. But I like I no want to like argue with them and like smack talk. Yeah. Because I don't know. I didn't really find that fun in basketball. I was like trying to do my own thing. See, I was um, I was always just a two, but like. I was a shooting guard whose, like, job it was to just pass back to the point guard for the point guard to shoot, because they were just always better. Yeah, well, in, um, in a real basketball, which was a fifth and sixth grade, yeah. was the best atmosphere for sports. Oh, of course, of course. The last I ever heard of the gym is when, like, I was in, I think it was eighth grade again, when I was, like, like the kid coach yeah. of, uh, of, like, the basketball team. Because you get all the parents, and every single kid in fifth grade would be there watching the game. It was just so massively fun playing. I actually had a kid like attack me once at a rec league basketball game, what where year? it was it was senior year. I wasn't playing. <laughs> I was at my friend Jacob's, Greenwich, like pretty much just like in a rec league basketball game. And then like me and my friends went just to support because two of our friends were like playing the game. We went to just support, and then we started, like, talking shit to this, like, other guy who was, like, supporting the other team, and um, on my way out, I was driving away, and I saw him in the parking lot, and I flipped him off, and just decided to drive away, and he ran down my car and, like, shouldered, like, ran and, like, jumped into the window, and it, like, vibrated, but didn't crack or anything, and then I just, like, booked it away as fast as I could. I once got pushed into the bleachers, like, very badly by two kids. Yeah. I was, like, destroying the, in, my friend Jared was getting other points, but I was, like, had most of the ball, and they got so mad, they pushed me into the crowd, I remember they, like, they didn't give me, and they weren't, like, calling massive fouls, and that was, like, one time where I got very mad, Yeah. and then the, the teacher, who was the ref, eventually apologized to me, which, you finally feel vindicated after four years of it. Of, yeah, yeah. But. See, that's what you get, like, you learn a lot from sports, and I think, like, playing all these sports, I learned a lot, and I think, like, that was, for a while, like, the only way I knew how to make friends was through sports. Yeah, through sports. But that, like, it's not even the only way you know, it's just, like, the only way you can, I feel like, I, for, for me as well, where it's just, like, that's what I was doing, that, like, those were the things, and I, like, my friends at school, and then, like, all my friends at school would play sports, so. Yeah, I think, like, probably wasn't the best way how I could only make friends through sports, but I think, like. I think there was definitely, like, a toxic masculinity aspect to that. Yeah. But I don't think you could, like, overarch it, like, playing with someone on a team bonds you with them in a yeah, different in way. Yeah, in a different way, yeah. Like, yeah, like, I'm bonded with my friends who I did a lot of, like, school projects with, but, like, not in the same way, where it's, like, you know you're training every day or training every other day builds a connection. 
with yeah, like I'm still in contact with like a bunch of guys who I played soccer with in senior year who are like still in high school even who were on my team. Yeah, I think it's like like my high school coach was like big into like if you're on the basketball team, like yeah. your brothers for life. Yeah, and like he he coached like some very good players like Donovan Mitchell, but like we were certainly below that by so a below large the difference. level of Donovan. But, I hope I hope so. You know, I think maybe I could be in the league. No, but it's just like. It's like if you like if you play as like brothers and yeah. like together like that like that's what you want. Or like even years later, you still connect and be friends with the team. Yeah, you know it just in baseball, which is my favorite sport, it was always tough because how we got how we lost out of playoffs, and yeah, today to last year was was very uh, sad. So when they always bring it up to me, I always get sad. So I don't like talking about that as much <laughs> because there's always like you're living too much in the past, and. It's like, yeah, people always talk about high school too much. There's yeah. that weird aspect. The glory days. I, I Sometimes I'm guilty of that, you know, and guilty like, about that. I think there is a way where you can talk about it. And, like, I feel like not talking about it at all is, is definitely also a weird trait. Yeah. Like, if you never bring it up, I think that's almost as bad as talking about it all the time. And especially, like, with sports like baseball, which I cannot, you cannot really play, especially here or, like, outside of high school or university. It's just, I think, like, where else, like, there's no other... Outcome like softball is even at a way different sport. So yeah. You only talk about your high school experiences with it. Do they have softball here? No, there's like this baseball thing that I was that I was going to joining with someone else who you know who I'm not going to bring up on the show, but then COVID happened. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna try next year again. Try to start it up again. I you know I think it would be fun to get like a wiffle ball bat actually. You know maybe play some wiffle ball. In I've been stands. getting into cricket recently. Cricket is fun. I played. I also played cricket for the first time recently, and it was. Yeah, it was just it is so much worse than baseball though. It's it's way easier than baseball to, to be honest. Well, I think I, I batting is batting. Is. I think bowling. Bowling is hard. Besides pitching, I think Americans would say pitching is way harder because like the weird arm. The weird arm thing, yeah. But like I, I think they're also because like bowling, I feel like you're expected to give up. Like yeah, no one gets a no hitter in cricket, right? Yeah, like that'd be impossible. It's impossible, I guess. Like you're supposed to give up a certain amount of runs. Yeah. Which is which is like a weird mindset. When I was pitching, I'd always expect you're to just give up no runs. no runs. Which honestly is kind of toxic if you think about it, because like you definitely are always going to give up at least one, right? So like in in baseball, you expect it to fail when hitting. Yeah. But in cricket, it's the opposite. You're expected yeah. to fail when bowling, but not when batting. Yeah, that's interesting. It's just a completely different mindset. Uh, also, the rules are all complicated, too. <laughs> yeah, I feel like it's like the insane... I heard, like, batters getting massive slumps. Yeah. Which is... I guess it's somewhat the same as baseball, but, like, they're more of, like, head cases. When yeah, I hear in like, baseball... Like, pitchers are, like, some of the weirdest people on the planet. And they often go through, like, these struggles with, like, depression and stuff. When the other way, yeah, like batters like, and cricket. Will have the same thing, I guess. Cricket batting's interesting. I just, it's like, it's a lot less straightforward than baseball also. Yeah, I mean, like, baseball has a bunch of weird unwritten rules, but, like, you don't really need to know them. And yeah. you get it wrong, and you're like, I didn't know that. Like, there's not going to be a massive thing. Yeah. But I think baseball's more intuitive. Like, it is. It may, It's more straightforward. Like, once you like... Like, the confusing rule would be, like, if you pop up, and then you can't leave the base and tag up, 
or like an influence lie. Yeah. But like once you learn those basic rules, you have it all down pat. And then I think, I think it's more fun to watch. It's definitely shorter, you know. And I just wish like it was played more around the world besides America and then DR, the Caribbean, Canada, yeah. and like Korea and Japan. Japan. But you know, it's a great sport. Yeah, I think like. Well, right now it's like football and then basketball. Football, I was about to say, is probably the easily the most complicated American sport. No, I was saying football, like in soccer, is the biggest oh. sport. And those have like the most toxic fans, I think. Like what? Like, like football does? It's like soccer. But also it's the most passionate. You know, it's a trade well, But I think it's like, and they always attack, like, they always attack Americans. But that's true. Like, that's right. And like, true. English people are always like, oh, you don't know much. But like, then I know more about Liverpool or the yeah, American yeah. team sometimes than they do. And it's like, I have to show more that, like, I'm a fan than someone yeah. else. It's like, seeing like girls it's like in these sports. Yeah. I don't think it's exactly the same, but they have another level of sexism where it's like, they have to show, like, ten times more. Yeah, ten times more to prove that they actually know what they're talking about. Um, when it's like, it's. Like why when like, realistically, like you should, you shouldn't treat them any differently. Yeah. Yeah, and it's like oh, I'm not from Liverpool, but it's like I've been supporting them for a long time, and like yeah. I know more about the current team than sorry, a lot, a lot of, people. of other people do. Yeah. And my friend has one of the highest followed Instagram accounts for Liverpool. So. Really? Yeah. And he, he actually sold one of his. Accounts. Is it Liverpool goals? Yeah. That's your friend's account. And he's always like he's so he's like the guy who got me into Liverpool. That's why I love wow. him. Because my coaches, he was my captain of my high school team. My cap, my coaches were all Arsenal fans. I thought that was just a fan. I thought you just followed that on the page. No, he's my, it was my friend's account. And yeah. Then he, my captain was a Liverpool fan, and he always talked. He always played football manager on the buses, and he always talked about like how great Liverpool was, and like like the meaning behind it, and like you'll never walk alone. And I was like, this is why I love the club. Because I had like a few. I had a few like my mom. My dad hated soccer, mm-hmm. such football. My mom just bought me a few jerseys. I don't know. She thought I would like Milan, and then she had like a Chelsea jersey. But like, I had no real connection to the club. And then he, when I started getting better at it and I started playing more, he was the one who talked about all the good things about Liverpool Football Club. That's cool. And like that's why I started liking it. So it's like, like I like I don't see how that is. I guess not as valid live it from that spot. But like I think I have a fair justification for supporting that team. Yeah, no, I think that's definitely fair. It's the same thing with, like, like, some of the most passionate football supporters I know are, like, people who support, like, Real Madrid or Barcelona and have never even been to Europe. No, like, I, hate, it, I, I hate Real Madrid fans. No, but it's like, uh, that's for us. That's for us. They always, uh, they support a fascist team. <laughs> True. Uh, so, yeah, like, these, these fans wake up in in, like, American places at, like, 7 a.m. to watch football. Or, like, mm-hmm. people in China, I know a lot of dedicated fans there. Oh, yeah, yeah. Where they, like, basically don't sleep to watch it. It's like, why aren't they more, aren't they more passionate than someone who sees it, like, see it in the local pub at a normal time? Yeah. It's like, no, not necessarily. Like, it don't, the, people shouldn't gatekeep it, I guess. Yeah. You know, uh, What's our time at? We got, we got, like, five more minutes. All right, all right. Um, yeah. Cricket, though. Interesting. I can never get the grip right. I always forget it. I have to have people put my hands back into the... Keep like, 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 I don't is know. this right? I don't even remember. But You know, our, do you know if that's right? That grip? It's a bit like a golf club, I think. This? 
I, it doesn't feel right. Well, that's also a small children's plastic bag. That's true, that's true. And it's way shorter. It's kind of so you hold it, like, in front of you. Yeah. And you kind of, like, you hold slap it. it. I always thought it was interesting that, like, how, um, if you bowl it, like, out of the zone, out of the bowl zone, you, like, you get an extra pitch. Like, in baseball, if you throw a ball, they don't just add, like, an extra out on to the end of the... It's like, it's like a lot of different variations yeah. of cricket. Like, there's three main different ones. In that. The, the five-day, one-day, and... Is it three-day? I don't, I don't know. It's like uh, that. They have one day. Yeah, they have, one day is the World Cup. The biggest one right? is... Um, T20. Yeah, The Indian. The, um, yeah, I support the uh, Calcutta Knight Riders. <laughs> Yeah, but like, like, why not? Like, I, I sort of found the USA Cricket account. Cause, is, is there really one? Yeah, and then they rank, like, they rank, like, 25th in the world in one of them. And then rank, like, like I think it's, like, 12th in one of them, but they're, like, the worst team. <laughs> and, and they're actually better than one team. But it's, like, it's, like, some random, it's, like, super small country. It's, like, the only team that I will be. Yeah. Well, you know, if Ireland can manage to put together a baseball team, or the Netherlands is able to put together a baseball team. But the Netherlands baseball team is a lot of people from, I think it's like Suriname, or like Dutch. That's true, yeah. They're like loose, it's like how, like loose definitions of like... That's true, but like how, you know, like even just the sheer amount of people in the United States, like I feel like we could be able to, we we, we should be able to get together a cricket cricket team of some sort. Like, even if you just look at like, like, if you look at immigrants from countries where people like cricket, like, we should have enough. There should be enough like I've people seen... from the West Indies, India, Pakistan, like, alone, that should be able to supply us with, like, enough cricketers. But if they were good enough, I bet they wouldn't play for America. I, I guess that's true as well. Why would you want to play for American cricket? You know. But I guess that was the case with football for a long time, you know? Maybe one day... We we'll win, win. we'll win, we'll find another you know, like, sport to dominate. The, all the sports are not coming home. America's going to win them all. We will win them all. I mean, foot, America will win the World Cup before football comes home, I'll tell you that. Yeah. The English, I mean, English, <laughs> England does have a golden generation, so I'm just hoping they choke. And then people like, choke it. people like Reyna, oh, it's from Sunderland, he used to play for England, or like Holland. It's like, yeah. These people, like, he grew up in... Grew up in New York, and Holland grew up in, in like uh, not Netherlands, Norway, and so yeah. they were just born there because his dad played there. So it's like yeah, I don't know. And it's like a lot of a lot of Americans, like all these Europeans, are playing for America. A lot of the Mexican team born in LA. So yeah, like, a ton of them. Yeah. So it's like I don't know, and like at least loose these like these. And it's like I don't blame, but I also like don't blame the Mexicans for wanting to play. I don't blame the. Mexican players who were born in LA for wanting like to play you, for Mexico. It's if, like, you, if you want to play for any team you're allowed to, I think fair enough. Yeah. And I support you. I'll root against you when you're playing against America, but it's like, yeah. I think you have the right to do that. And so it's a lot of, a lot of people are haters, you know, and just play for whatever team you can. Mm-hmm. Like if Italy asked me to play for baseball, I would. Are you eligible? I don't think so. And I think we're about I'm to sign off. for Ireland, I know that. All right, should we sign off? Yeah. Yeah, right. Don't sweat the technique.